Welcome to Living Water Radio. Do you think that Lent is a dark season about keeping random rules out of a fear of punishment? Think again. Today we will consider the victory that Lent points to and how we can live in its light. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. It's been said that many people feel that the music that was the best is the music that was popular with their group in their youth, because listening to it brings back memories and makes them feel young. Be that as it may, I think that The Temptations is the best R&B slash soul group in history, and that their greatest album is a toss-up between The Temptations' greatest hits and The Temptations' Sing Smokey. There, I said it, let the disagreements fly. We are now past the first Sunday in Lent, the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter, that focus on introspection and sacrifice. Garrison Keillor, who wrote and spoke of the fictional Lake Wobegon on his radio show A Prairie Home Companion, of uh, which it has been said that if you think A Prairie Home Companion is a documentary, you might be a Lutheran. He once said that for Lutherans, every day is Lent. I suppose that he might have meant that many Lutherans are notorious for a certain reserve. I hope that it also means that Lutherans are known for a focus on the cross, the death of Jesus, who was fully God and fully human for the sake of the world, that we were given the means by which to receive the gift of faith, a living relationship with the one true living God through the grace of God, without any achievement of our own at all, the major themes of Lent. The first Sunday in Lent features a gospel reading about Jesus at the beginning of his public ministry and the temptations by Satan that he faced in the wilderness to give up the road to the cross and ease into a more comfortable life instead. This year, it was the version from the Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter starting at the ninth verse. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. I shared a cartoon by Courier Black last week that I had found online. It showed a woman wearing a headscarf reading a note, and the caption said, It sure wasn't easy being the mother of Jesus. The note read, Dear Mom, gone into the wilderness for forty days to be tempted by Satan. Don't worry. XOJ. 
I suppose that wouldn't be easy. Neither is resisting temptation. I saw a bumper sticker once that said, I can resist anything but temptation. I suppose there are some people like that who have no moral core, no sense of civic responsibility, no desire to act in response to the love of God and Jesus Christ shown on the cross. And then there are most people who have values but just have lapses, like the pastor who needed to keep an appointment to visit a member of her congregation before her church council's meeting, but could only find a parking space in a red zone outside the member's apartment building. She parked there and put a note under her windshield wiper that read, I've been driving around this block for 12 minutes. Please don't give me a ticket. If I don't park here now, I won't be doing my job. Forgive us our trespasses. When she returned to her car, she found a ticket and a note that read, I've been driving around this neighborhood for 12 years. If I don't give you a ticket now, I won't be doing my job. Lead us not into temptation. But most of us, I think, want to live lives that please God. In the small catechism by 16th century church reformer Martin Luther, Luther explains the phrase from the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, or save us from the time of trial, with these words. What is this? Or what does this mean? It is true that God tempts no one, but we ask in this prayer that God would preserve and keep us, so that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great and shameful sins, and that, although we may be attacked by them, we may finally prevail and gain the victory. I heard about a woman who had read 1 Corinthians 10.13, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. And she said, I know that God won't give us any more than we can handle. I just wish God didn't think so highly of me. We are going to pass 500,000 deaths in the United States from the coronavirus today. A key model used by the University of Washington predicts that there will be 90,000 more by June. And yet people still go around without their masks or practicing any of the well-known things that could easily lower that number. And with the return of the 700,000 doses of the vaccine to areas like ours that had run out because of weather-related resupply issues, more people will be tempted to let their guard down and more people will die. Luther once said that you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. We can't keep from having thoughts that are contrary to the will of God, but we can keep from acting on them or allowing them to change who we are. We get this power from the Holy Spirit who strengthens us and shapes us. That's why living water is used as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit in both the Old and the New Testaments. Living water was a way to describe moving waters, like rapids in a river. It pushes things, it powers things, it shapes things, and the Holy Spirit does all those things to us if we open our hearts, our true selves, to receive the gifts of God. How does God preserve and keep us? The Bible that points to Jesus Christ, and the sacrament of holy baptism that makes us children of God, and holy communion that reminds us that we are never alone— Our strength is God's strength. We have the means to resist temptation, not in ourselves, 
but in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Trinity, the one God, who is God's ongoing personal presence for good in the world. We are often tempted to rely on our own strength, however. We all pass the tasks that we write for ourselves, like the guy who regularly brought donuts to the office and ate most of them, until one day he announced that Lent was coming and he was giving up donuts. The day after Ash Wednesday, he arrived at the office a little late with a couple of boxes of donuts. One of his co-workers saw him and said, I thought you were giving up donuts for Lent. The man replied, well, I was, but then on my way to work, I was approaching the donut shop and I prayed, Lord, if giving up donuts is not your will, please open a parking space for me right in front of the donut shop and I'll take that as a sign. So there was a parking space right there, the co-worker asked. Well, yes, he said, but I had to drive around the block six times. Jesus did not yield to temptation. He conquered it. In the letter to the Hebrews, the fourth chapter, starting at the 14th verse, we read, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who in every respect has been tested, as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Gospel lesson for last Sunday, the first Sunday in Lent, that we read a little earlier is like a Gospel sandwich. The top layer tells us of Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River. And as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. Sight, touch, and hearing. The whole Trinity was there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The middle layer tells us three things that happened to him in his 40-day experience in the wilderness. Tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. And it tells us how he got into this. Satan didn't send him there. It first tells us, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. The bottom layer tells us, now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Everything in this text points us forward to the work of Jesus, the light of the world, who shows us who God is and how God is disposed to us on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. John 3.16 We are not Jesus. We are the servants, not the Savior. And we don't always do the right thing. We don't always resist temptation, and sometimes we are doing wrong when we believe we are doing right, and sometimes we don't know the difference, and other times we don't care. By our sin, we are separated from God. The gospel, the reason it is literally good news, that's what the word gospel means, is that we don't need to do better to be saved. To be saved, we need a Savior, and we have one in Jesus Christ. 
The paradox is that the more we depend on Jesus, the more we are formed to live the life we are called to live, not because we are strong, but because Jesus was strong. We have been given eternal life as a gift through Jesus Christ by the grace of God alone. The Holy Spirit is with us as our advocate and comforter to help us in our times of being tempted to throw it all away. The final section of last Sunday's Gospel reading tells us what to do. Jesus says, repent and believe in the good news. That's a great way to travel through Lent, whether we are providing essential services, seeking them, or are safer at home. This Lent, let's make it a practice to spend time in self-examination and show our appreciation for what God has done for us in Jesus Christ at the cross, out of love for God and for one another. And though the temptations to give up the narrow way and follow an easier path may come, let us be grateful that we are not alone, that we are never alone, that Jesus fights with us, and that Jesus, the light of the world, has overcome. Today, let's remember to pray for truck drivers, food industry, and food service workers, and all those who work to provide essential services at both great risk and great sacrifice for others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>